Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Twit Specials is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our special presentation of Google I.O. conference coverage. I'm Tom Merritt, along with Jeff Jarvis from This Week in Google. Also, you know, probably from uh, lots of other stuff more famous than This Week in I Google. I quit all my day jobs. I'm going to live <laughs> only as the host of This Week in Google. I'm forgetting everything else. It is the fulfillment of my life and dream. Just I'm glad to hear you say that. Uh, they are uh, they are just starting right now. Uh, so we're going to be uh, doing the, the instant analysis coverage uh, if you don't want to hear us talk, if you're watching this live, go to youtube.com slash user slash Google developers or, or just go to google.com slash IO and you can hear it without us. Well, I know some morning. people are like, shut up, I want to hear it. Well, that's Looks how you like do you're it. You're all very excited to be here. Uh, welcome to Google IO. Seems like only a year ago we saw Vic Gundotra you know, come out at Google IO. our fourth year of this conference, and we thought we'd begin by just reminiscing for a few moments uh -oh. about how, much how we messed we up TV last year. Together. <laughs> you know, you go back to 2008, that was the first year we held Google I.O. Maybe some of you were there at our inaugural conference. It was in June last year, because I was actually year, already at Twit. Our opening keynote oh. focused on client connectivity and the cloud. Why, we recognized that this industry was going through dramatic Showing change. just how little has changed. Phones, smartphones, and faster web browsers were changing the face of clients. And that connectivity was about to explode, both in its availability as well as its bandwidth. And that would allow us to build cloud-based services that we could hardly have dreamed of a few years ago. Client connectivity All in the cloud. If you take happened. cloud out of there, that graphic could have looked like it was from like 1975. Stage, <laughs> we rallied the industry with the Chrome team to move the web forward under the banner of HTML5. And today, modern browsers are better and faster because of the work of this group of people. So thank you. And then who could forget last year when we focused? They're laughing because they're showing an Android uh, that, cartoon that eating an apple. And they also really laughing because last year it didn't work for, out so well. Uh, making yeah. Android the global phenomenon that it has become. Of course, like Android, this conference too has gone truly global. Uh, we're very excited about the 5,000 plus people that are in this room. But this year, for the first time, we did something new. We created viewing parties. We allowed developers to set up their own viewing parties uh, and stream this event live. And we had over one. So they've streamed it live before, but I guess this is an organized thing. It's, it's Ted uh, for nerds. Yeah. Behind me at any moment, we should get a sampling of what's going for on Google around nerds the world live right now. We have viewing parties in these 122. Are they going to uh, show cities, us, Jeff? Including places like Cairo, exactly. We're a party. We yeah. Thousand people. It's 2 a.m. in the morning in Cairo. Hey, it's lunchtime here, and I'm skipping it. I'm having breakfast. And so. That's a, it's a pretty impressive-looking little collection there. Seoul, Madrid, Amsterdam, Hyderabad. Who are watching on YouTube, welcome to our conference. Uh, we're truly humbled by this worldwide enthusiasm. 
we do recognize that you are sharing with us your most precious resource, your time. And so we hope the next two days are incredibly valuable. It is a little distracting exciting, to see the life fitness exercise machine behind him. Show started. And to do that, I'd like to introduce Hugo Barra, director of Android product management, to kick off the opening keynote. Hugo. Vic, uh, Vic has practiced his presentation skills. He's, he's smooth. Right, so well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Android keynote at I.O. 2011. Ah, they us. Today, we have three things to talk to you about. Momentum, mobile, and more. Let's start with momentum, and I'll ask you to follow me back in time for just one minute. So we thought we were going to get Cloud and Chrome today, this but device? we're getting Android. Of course you do. Well, this is the T-Mobile G1, the very first phone was shipped over two and a half years ago. And it holds Memory. a special place in our hearts. <laughs> Back then, there were many skeptics. What did Google know? We had never been in the mobile space or the operating system business. Well, from those humble beginnings of one device and one carrier one in one country, well, how much you know, progress have impressive. we made? We have some exciting news to share with you today. So we made a quick video for you. Let's have a look. Here we go. Well, this is really produced, isn't it? It's more and more produced every year. We have a dancing Android guy. No, I kind of like the Android guy. 20 million Android activations. Oh, they're just he's climbing, the, uh, he's climbing the activation chart. To Well, That's that was right. more exciting than a pie chart. We're incredibly thrilled to share with you today that we have activated over 100 million Android devices worldwide. Thank you. And do you know what the most exciting thing about this stat is? It's the fact that we all did it together. 36 OEMs. I didn't. 215 carriers oh, take your credit. and 450,000 Android developers all over the world. Thank you. Sometimes I wish in these, uh, these keynotes they would just there give us the numbers all at once. There are now 310 devices in 112 countries. Talk about choice. And in the news business, we call this burying the, best the lead. The way to actually measure this momentum is velocity. At Google I.O. on this stage last year, Vic shared with you that we were activating 100,000 Android devices every day. By August, that number had doubled to 200,000, then 300,000 in December, and today we're activating over 400,000 Android devices every single day. Now the thing is, for skeptics and journalists, this stuff doesn't work because you're, you're seeing through the numbers. But if you're a receptive audience of developers, this now, gets you psyched. This gets you all excited. Right, and the moral is the same, which is you should be developing for Android. And most of you write Android apps. Well, thanks to your extremely hard work, I'm excited to announce today that we've exceeded the mark 
of 200,000 applications available in Android market. That's a problem, and I think, actually. It's a little low. Oh, or it's too many. many. Of course, what really matters is no that curation. the quality of these applications is phenomenal. Ah, ah. CNN, Flickster, Fruit Ninja, yeah, they're gonna answer you right Tap, Tap away. Revenge, Major League Baseball, Gun Brothers, Pulse, and so many more. The world's most engaging, useful, and entertaining mobile applications are running on Android. And the most important thing for you, Android developer, is the tremendous growth in application downloads. Here's some data. It took the Android ecosystem almost two years to see the first billion application installs. It then took just five months to get to the second billion. This is well, typical. Today, You're kind we're of seeing one billion downloads in less than yeah. 60 days, and a total of over four and a half billion application installs from Android market up until today. Four in other words, the Android market is successful. It's not installs. ridiculously successful, Android market but yeah. it's following the pattern, which is good. Oh, it's kind of stipulated, Your Honor. Fine. Ever. Yeah. And that reminds me to pause and once again, thank you, Android developer, for your amazing support and hard work over the last two and a half years. You've been truly phenomenal, and the entire ecosystem is now being rewarded. So thank you, and thank you very much. A couple of developers in our chat room are like, tell me how much I'm going to make. Yeah. How does this uh, transfer to money? So this wraps up the section about momentum of this keynote. And now there are two other parts, mobile and more. Now in mobile, are in we going to get uh, cover Google Music? The Android platform and talk about some of the features, the features on our roadmap. We're also going to show you two exciting new services that we're announcing today. Mm -hmm. One of them is And then we'll talk about yeah. more and give we you expect. a preview of the future where Android is headed as an open platform and an open ecosystem, going, let's say, well beyond the mobile phone. I'd like to welcome ah. two people on stage. Yep, there you Anand go. Agarwala from the Android product team will drive our demos today. And to talk about Android platform, please welcome Mike Claren from the Android engineering team. Okay, the three parts are momentum, mobile, and more. Momentum right, was the numbers. Mobile is going to be our big announcements. More is what, the catch-all because well, they couldn't figure out we've been busy. how to categorize More is their strategic promise. the last promises. two and a half years, the Android team has already shipped eight releases of the Android platform. Today, I'm going to Not tell you to everybody you haven't. Yeah, right. First, we're announcing an upgrade to Honeycomb. All right, here we Android go. Android 3.1. We're, ro we're rolling it out today, starting with Verizon Zoom 3G customers. Now, it's not been very long since we first launched Honeycomb, but we've managed to get a lot of nice user enhancements. Just into the Verizon upgrade. Zoom. Let me show you a couple of them. First, people really like the new plan. task switcher we introduced in Honeycomb. You can see it here. We figured that if switching between a few tasks was good, then switching between more will be even better. So we made it so that you can scroll through. The question to is, see will they open this up now? Tasks. Is they help back now, the code Now remember that Android well. has right. true multitasking. So some of these apps may really be running, and some may not. But the user doesn't need to care. This is possible Except only on Android. Except this user does care. That's what I like about the BlackBerry playbook. That automatically shuts down and restores applications transparently. The system manages resources for you, so you'll never run out of memory and you'll never be asked to quit in order to launch something else. Next, remember the improved widgets we introduced in Honeycomb? Let's look at the scrolling Gmail widget. That's pretty nice, 
but what if you get a lot of mail? Well, for that, we're taking widgets to the next level. <laughs> okay. Ow. What level is that? You can expand widgets. You can resize widgets. What you do? So as you can see, you can now stretch widgets horizontally or vertically. And if you're a developer and you've already created a scrolling widget for Honeycomb, you can upgrade it to be resizable with just a few lines of X. Google's getting good at the reality distortion field. In I got one. They got applause for that. Into upgrading Android's USB support. Android devices can now act as USB hosts, which means you can now do things like. That's yeah. nifty. Yeah. So that means you can now do things like importing photos directly from your digital camera to your tablet. And because Android is now a USB host, the OS also supports a ridiculous number of USB input devices as well. Keyboards, mice, trackpads, joysticks, Ooh. game controllers, and more. That is nifty. That, that's a really, that, that that's deserves a big one. That, that, that's a big advantage over yeah. the iPad. So big here advantage. you're about to see uh, Anand play, or rather attempt to play, Cordy using a game controller. OK. <laughs> we think. <laughs> Ah, uh, demo fails. Okay, well, that was a brave attempt. Um, there's a lot more in 3.1, but let me move on to some other platform news. It turns out that Android 3.1 is not just for tablets. It's also coming to Google TV this summer. This is great news for Google TV users. Yes, it is. That fix it. That means apps on Google TV. That's huge. It's great news for Google TV users, and it gets better. Google TV will also be getting the Android market. So all of you developers <laughs> So all of you developers will now be able to create apps for Google TV using exactly the same SDK that you're using for Honeycomb. This might make me oh, well, put the Google TV back in my have living a Google room. Google TV device yeah. will automatically get the update over the air. And there are new Google TV products based on 3.1 coming from Sony, Vizio, Samsung, and Logitech. If you want to hear more about bringing your apps to Google TV, please check out the Google TV session tomorrow here at IO. Okay, oh, so they're not going further down the road. I'm also happy to announce the next major Android release, Ice Cream Sandwich. And of course, told you, Ice Cream Sandwich. Also, people. the most important part of any release, the new logo. <laughs> he has pants on. <laughs> that's the that's right. the part of the so ice cream sandwich that you leave so you can hold sandwich. it. Does and look in like many ways, this will be our most ambitious release to date. Let me tell you about some of the themes behind this release. First, choice. If I had to pick one word to explain Android's phenomenal growth over the past year, that word would be choice. Consumers really like choices. And with Ice Cream Sandwich, we're going to make them really, really happy. Here's just a small sample this of the range of This is the opposite of Apple's strategy. Powered by Android. How so? So we have phones in every Apple size says shape, we determine phones with keyboards what is slide, appropriate phones with keyboards for the quality of the experience. Phones with built -in game controllers, Microsoft and now Android say we give you choice. Ten inches, even tablets that transform into laptops. And who knows what else is coming. But in the end, we know that high-quality apps are the lifeblood of Android. So our top priority for Ice Cream Sandwich will be to give app developers the tools they need to deliver great experiences on all of these devices. We want one OS that runs everywhere. Let me yeah, tell you how we're going to make that happen. To start, we're taking all of the good stuff that we added to Honeycomb for tablets, and we'll make it available everywhere, on phones, on tablets. So the reunification. 
This includes the new holographic UI, the new launcher, the new multitasking UI, richer widgets, advanced applications, everything. Next, we're investing heavily in the application framework. We want to insulate developers from the differences between all of those devices as much as possible. Yeah, got to fight that fragmentation. So we're adding new APIs to the framework to help scale your UI across all these different form factors. And we're adding intelligence to components like the action bar. They'll be able to reconfigure themselves to optimize for the available space. We're also putting a lot of energy into our development tools. Be sure to check out the Android Tools Talk tomorrow at 3 for some exciting developments there. And last, but certainly not least, it will all be open source. Okay. Isn't it always supposed to be? Uh, but that was the problem with Honeycomb. They didn't open it up. Yeah. Now, Ice Cream Sandwich it's supposed is to be not open just about breath. Yeah. But it's it, about it, was never, it wasn't ready for prime time. So now Android, we're always looking to bring the latest technology sin. to mobile devices. And we've got some really cutting-edge stuff in the works. Anand is going to help me demo some of the latest developments from Google's technology extraction team based in Roswell, New Mexico. <laughs> <They're>, that's <laughs> Basically, where they extract the alien technology, of course. You look at the input from the camera and figure out where your head is and even where you're looking. It runs on the GPU, and so it can do all that insanely fast. It can process 500 frames a second. So let's have some fun with that. First, watch what happens as Anand moves his head from side to side. Because the software knows where he's looking, it can update the 3D scene in real time to match his perspective. That's nifty. That is really cool. There's a lot you can do with that. So tie that to connect. Yeah. Right, so you start to see a new <laughs> user interface happening. Okay. Oh, totally. Uh, how about this? Link and you we can, can channel not only four. detect where Anand's head is, but we also know where, where his eyes, nose, and mouth are. Now, Anand is a handsome guy, but there's always room for a little improvement. So let's fix him up. Okay, uh, that's not really a good look. Maybe something in the nose area. Ah. Uh. Okay, that's, that's pretty unfortunate. Um, maybe eyes a little smaller? Wow, okay. Uh, this is silly. I think the yeah. lesson here is not to attempt to improve on nature. Um, but it is pretty cool that really more practical. Yeah. We call yeah. it virtual camera operator. <laughs> this is facial recognition, man. Let's say Anand and Hugo are together on a video chat. The software can actually figure out by itself who is speaking, and it will automatically focus on the right person. Let's give that a try. Bye-bye, Cisco. You kill Flip, this is what happens to you. So you can see here as I start talking, it zooms in smoothly to my face. And then when I start talking after a few seconds, the camera realizes that I'm here, uh, and it's going to zoom in on my face automatically. And then when I start talking again, it zooms smoothly back to me for a smooth, fluid, back and forth transition. <laughs> we could use that. No more switching. Yeah. That's pretty Never amazing. be smiling and note broadly that this is right not now. Just for fun. All of this and more will be available as developer APIs in Ice Cream Sandwich, so all of you can create great new experiences. Okay, that's just a quick peek at what's coming in 2011 for the Android platform. We're really excited about moving Android forward, and we can't wait to see what all of you will build with it. Thanks very much. Hugo, back to you. All right, so cool Thank stuff you, coming Mike. in Ice Cream Sandwich for Thank sure. Yeah. Great. So. Uh, we had a little bit of fun with Anand. We showed you a new dessert. Yeah, tell him what you told and him. We talked about the importance of one Android OS. This feels everywhere. like the movie preview thing. We're now going to shift topics and talk about media. Oh, Today, music. we're announcing a couple of new services that we think you'll really enjoy. 
And to talk about the first one, here's Chris Yerga from the Android Cloud Services team. Here we go, I think. Oh, boy. Thank you, Hugo. Today, users can go to Android Market to get applications as well as books. We added the Books tab to Android Market back in February of this year. And the way it works with books is that when you purchase a book on Android Market, whether it's from the Android Market website or from your Android device, I'm not sure that, that many book people is instantly available books. to read oh. across all your devices. I like that. Now, we're able Google to do books. this because your book purchase is tied to your Google account, not to any specific device. I use Google Books for public I'm domain happy stuff, to announce free stuff. That we are bringing the same experience yeah. to Android Market for movies as well. There you go. Oh, movie rentals. Starting today, users can rent movies from Android Market and instantly stream them via the cloud to their computers or to their Android devices. I can't get we have a selection on my Galaxy of thousands of big. titles available to rent, uh, competitively priced, starting at $1.99. It's a very seamless experience, and I'd like to walk this you through This goes along it right with the now. YouTube rental deal, I'm guessing. We're going to start yes. off uh, on Android Market on the web. So here you see the Android Market website. And you'll notice that the home page of Android Market now shows featured content from applications, books, and movies. If we click into the Movies uh, section, we'll be taken to the Movies homepage on Android Market. And the Movies homepage shows featured content, new releases, is, they get categories to browse, and of course, search. And here at the top left, we have a section of top rentals that shows the most popular rentals. So why don't we pick one of those? King's Speech. These are all the titles King's that were announced with YouTube choice, yesterday. Highbrow for this time of day. Uh, and the uh, rental process is very easy. Simple click Prices on the rent normal. button. Three ninety nine. Confirmation dialog seems about right. Your rental. Now, yep. the way this works is that movies on Android Market have a thirty day rental period during which you can begin uh, watching your movie, and then once you've started watching. You have 24 I hours hate that. to complete I do, too. I just hate it. There's no now, reason for it. I could view the movie right here on the Android Market website. I don't mind the 30 days. It's the, the 24 cloud, hours to complete. Yeah, exactly. It's terrific on the tablet. So I'd like to switch over to the Zoom right now. That's why Netflix and has the, the huge Zoom advantage. on the tablet, we have a, right. a new movies application. And so you see it there on the homepage when we tap on the, the videos app. Well, if movie studios want to disadvantage Netflix, they can probably advantage Google. The movie that I just rented from the web is now showing up here in uh, Android and the, the movies application, ready to stream in high definition to my tablet from the cloud. Now, even though you only have two hours, I watch. can't always hours. stream videos live from the cloud. The cloud feature is terrific, but if I'm on an airplane and I don't have data connectivity, uh, I still want to be able to watch the movie I rented. Uh, we enable you to do this with a feature we call pinning. So. We're going to go in here and select so a couple of these movies and pin them to the device. Now, what pinning means is that these movies will then be automatically in the background, downloaded to the device, so that when I do get on the airplane, I'll have my movie available and ready. To... But while That's those good are feature. downloading, why don't we back out and show what playback looks like on the tablet. You're uh, watching Google I.O. coverage with Tom Merritt and Jeff Jarvis on Twit, brought to you by Slingbox. So, uh, Turn your iPad into a television with the new iPad app from Slingbox. Uh, you know, Check it out at slingbox.com. You can play and pause, jump around to more interesting bits of the movie. And uh, all of these uh, movies are available to play both here on your, your tablet as well as on the website. But uh, we don't want phones to be left out of the mix either. So uh, we're going to show you phones in a second as well. But before we do, 
uh, I want to show you that in addition to playing back movies, uh, we can also rent the movies directly here from the tablet. So the shop link at the top takes you directly to Android Market. Uh, Android Market, you will notice, has a new Movies tab, uh, very similar to the Apps and Books tabs with featured content, bestsellers, category browsing, etc. Why don't we go ahead and, uh, and look uh, at something from the featured carousel and, and pick something to rent. And the rental experience on the tablet is uh, very similar to the one that you saw on the web. A quick tap on the Rent button, confirmation dialog, and then once the, uh, the rental is complete, you'll be able to watch your movie here on the tablet, or on the web, or on the phone. And so now I would like to switch over to the phone. Movies are already up the new on the market. Application there. So if you go to the marketplace right now, you can start renting? Yep. And so the, the movies application on the phone uh, will show the exact same movies that we've just rented, both from the web Can you pin the to the phone? ready once again to stream live from the cloud to my device. So that is movies on Android Market. We've made it really easy for you to rent anywhere and watch anywhere. We have a selection of thousands of movies available. And so I'd like to invite everyone to go to market.android.com and try out our new movies rental experience. Uh, the tablet application that we showed you is rolling out as part of our Honeycomb 3.1 update that Mike mentioned earlier. That is going out to Verizon Zoom 3G users starting today. And the movies application on the phone is going to be available to Android 2.2 devices in up starting in a couple weeks. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. No music. Chris it's kind of annoying that 3.1 is only going to Verizon Zoom customers. And then play it on the web, yep. on your phone, or on your tablet seamlessly. We want to make it just as easy for you to enjoy the content that you already own from any device seamlessly. We just talked about movies. What's the other type of content that there we, we all really enjoy? I, of course, you know the answer. Games. To talk to us about a new service from Google, here's Paul Joyce. Um, massages. <laughs> porn! Thank you, Apple Hugo. Apple give us porn. Today, we're introducing Music Beta by Google. And that site has been up all morning. Some folks tipped us off to it, uh, music.google.com. When you add your music to the new service, you can listen on the web or any compatible device. No wires, no painful syncing. Your music collection is stored in the cloud so you can stop worrying about where your songs are and start enjoying your music. Thank you, Amazon, for paving the way for us to do this without making deals with the industry. Perhaps yep. you heard a rumor or two. So let me show you how it works. This is Music Manager, a program for Windows and Mac, which helps you add your songs to the new music service. You can select specific folders, but if you pick your iTunes or Windows Media Player library, all of your playlists, Play counts and ratings are added along with your songs. So let's jump to the browser. In a second, you'll see the album view of my music library. But I can browse by songs, artists, and genres. Music on the web is a full-featured music manager with everything you'd expect. Search, info editing, ratings, and play counts. Let's go to the home view. It displays recently played and recently added music. So I need to download a program to do this, huh? Yeah. I love that transition. Just double-click on a song 
and it plays right away. I'd rather see this as a HTML5 All of my existing playlists app are yeah. on the left, and I can quickly create new ones. Select a couple songs, drag them over, and name the playlist. When I create the IO Jams playlist, it's available right away on all my devices, my tablet, my phone, or any other computer. But to make creating playlists even easier, we have a new feature. We can build a playlist automatically for you based on any song you like. We call this Instant Mix. Let's say I'm in the mood for some Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ooh. Notice the search suggestions that appear right away as you <laughs> Is type. Is that not a good one for you? Select no. a song, and Instant Mix selects 25 tracks from your library that go great together. To do this, we look at artist similarity. Through the Pandora like killer some tweets. Other smart playlist creation tools. Our model literally listens to your music. With machine learning, we find similar tracks based on how they sound to build a truly ingenious mix. Eden points out HTML5 wouldn't allow background syncing, which is an advantage to a program. It's a good point. So that's music beta on the web. Let's shift over to my mobile devices. So here's the latest version of Android Music. Sorry, here's the latest version of the Android Music app running on my tablet. This is the same UI we shipped with the first Honeycomb release, and it looks really sharp. This is the 3D carousel, and we can switch over to the artist wall to highlight a few other effects. It's so cool when he does that. And of course, it'll show all my local music. You have to be invited into this beta. Very awesome difference. Oh. Is that this because they're afraid of the industry? To access all of my music in the cloud. And that means I'll never have to use a cable to add music again. So let's switch over to the playlist view. Here are all my playlists, including, there they are, the IO Jams Hipster, playlist please. and the Instant Mix we just created on the web. No wires, no painful syncing. It's all just available instantly. Oh, I wanted to see Canadian Road Trip. Let's switch over to the album view. Having all of my music available to me, wherever, whenever, is extremely powerful. But for times when I don't have a data connection on my tablet or phone, we wanted to create an easy way to enjoy your music offline, too. And we can't do that with my mail. First, we cached music I've recently played. So without doing anything, I have access to a selection of songs when I'm offline. OK, like that. And second, I can select albums, playlists, and artists using the same make available offline feature that Chris showed you for movies. So let's switch over to the phone. The phone has the same capabilities we just demonstrated. Cloud music access, offline caching. There's the 3D UI. Because it's exactly the same application download. But when it's running on Furrier or Gingerbread instead of Honeycomb, the UI is optimized for the smaller screen. For example, in portrait mode, navigation is more list-driven, and you can swipe to change views. Nothing about a store yet. Like on the web and tablet, I can create an edit playlist or make an instant mix. Right. And become instantly available everywhere. The best part, if I get a brand new phone, all I have to do is sign in. My music is right there, right away.
So this is very similar to Amazon Cloud. Yeah, it's a subscription service. Didn't we play Shining Star last year? Amazon has the advantage of a store, at least so far. I guess that's my reminder to talk about availability. So we're really excited about this service. It's launching in beta today, and we're going to roll it out in stages, initially by invitation only to US users. You can add up to 20,000 songs to your library. And at wow. least while it's in beta, the service is free. Okay. So it's not by uh, gigabyte, so it's by song. all of you attending song. Google I.O. who are based in the United States will get an invitation. That's it. Suck up to the developers. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's good. We thought you'd like that part. You'll receive an email today with instructions to get started. And if you're on the webcast, we invite you to visit music.google.com to learn more details and request your invitation. Finally, we're releasing the updated music app on Android Market today. Any Android 2.2 or higher device, download the new app, and it'll work with music stored in your phone even while you're waiting for an invitation. So thank you. Back to you, Hugo. I'm um, dense. Where do you get the music from? It's your thank music. You, you buy it wherever you want. Thank you. That was awesome. iTunes, Amazon, doesn't matter. That's it's just a music Google management. 3.1, ice cream sandwich. No store. Movie rentals and mm. movies. How do you guys think we're doing so far? That's how they get around uh, dealing with the record industry. Here today yep. has been the driving force behind Android's success. They should have but shown course, importing that innovation only Apple. matters if it can actually reach consumers. So today, we're announcing a founding team of industry leaders, including many partners from the Open Handset Alliance, that Google is going to work with on this. Together, we'll create new guidelines for how quickly devices will get updated after new Android platform releases. At last. And thank you. And, and for how long they'll continue to get updated after that. We'll see if and that has any practical effect, are, but that's a very good move. Yes. Verizon, HTC, Samsung, Sprint, Sony Ericsson, LG, T-Mobile, Vodafone, Motorola, and AT&T. All the major U.S. carriers. Right. And we're welcoming others uh, to join us, of course. To start, we're jointly announcing today that new devices from these partners will receive the latest Android platform updates for 18 months after their first launch, if the hardware allows. And that's just the beginning. Stay tuned in for more on this soon. With the hardware won't allow it, argument is, is already really used great a lot of news time. for users. It's excellent for developers, and it's really great for the entire industry. So let's You're stuck with on. a two-year contract, but you get let's software for 18 months. To the Not section right. about more. And good point. Today, we'd like to unveil some of the Android team's vision for the future of computing and applications. Think of it as the beginning of the next wave of Android. As an open platform, Android was always meant to go well beyond the mobile phone. And today, we wanted to give you a little taste of that. We want to enable developers to do a lot more with Android, 
to write apps for new classes of hardware, and why not even create their own hardware? And we want to do that in a way that takes the concept of openness to a new level. I'd like you to meet Matt Hershenson and Joe Britt from the Android hardware engineering team. They've been working on a few exciting, really cool projects that they want to talk to you about. So Matt's going to get started, and Joe will come after. I'm going to go on the treadmill. Really hammering this openness, because uh, like they've that. been taking a lot of criticism Thanks, for it. Hugo. As you heard earlier, there are over 300 Android devices in the market. We know hardware developers would love to have a way to build accessories that can work with any device from any manufacturer. Until now, that's been hard, but that's about to change. Today, we're announcing Android Open Accessory. We're adding platform support for hardware accessories and a new API to talk to them. Using these, you can build a wide range of accessories and they'll work with any Android device going forward. Let me show you a demo. Everyone uses their phone for music at the gym. But what if your Android device could integrate more fully with your workout? This is an exercise bike made with Life Fitness, and it's compatible with Android Open Accessory. Anand's going to get ready for a workout on it. First, put on his headband. <laughs> now, most importantly, he's got his Android phone. Now he's going to dress for his workout. Uh, breakaway pants, always a pleaser. <laughs> People go crazy for his legs. All right, now watch what happens when he plugs the phone into the bike. It recognizes the accessory, and it shows an application that knows how to talk to it. If the phone didn't already have a compatible app, the bike would just send the user to the app in the Android market. Why to can't printers operate that this way? Is really no, seriously. Cool. If a user buys an accessory that Stop needs them. an app, when they connect the phone to the accessory, it just takes them where they need to go to get that app. Has to do with ink cartridges, okay, so I'm sure. Anand's now going to launch CardioQuest. And then the, the exercise bike actually recognizes that it's been connected to the Android phone. He's going to select an easy workout. And then the API is actually going to have the bike control the game that he's going to play. Now see, as he pedals faster, he moves the Android guy up. Now this is something slower, other phones, including the, the iPhone, Android already guy have. Down. Oh. Okay, off faster. Oh. Oh, whoa. whoa, one calorie, one calorie. You do that a thousand more times, and you can have one of those ice cream sandwiches at the after party. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. H how do you think he got those legs? So you can check out the exercise bike and actually play the game later on in the interactive zone. Today we're making the Android Open Accessory API available for Honeycomb and Gingerbread. Not sure that was the it best example. USB now oh. and Bluetooth support will come in the future. Because this is, this is a big so deal, it's not right? open just about uh, software. accessory development. It's about hardware, too. And we want to provide a complete solution. So today, we're releasing the hardware and software for an Android open accessory reference design. We're calling it the ADK for Android Accessory Development Kit. Here it is. The ADK is based on Arduino and a USB host. Nice. Everyone get one. 
it also incorporates circuitry from a USB host from circuits at home. And I think by the applause people already know, Arduino is an open platform with tons of third-party and hard hardware and software add-ons that developers can use to develop Android accessories. Again, the, the opposite AKs direction of Apple. Way. Microchip yep. and RT Corporation are each launching their own open accessory compatible development boards today. Let's take a look at one of these ADK boards in action. So here we have a Labyrinth game, and we've added two off-the-shelf servo motors to it, and those are hooked up to this ADK board. The ADK board then is communicating to the tablet. ADK, I'm assuming tablet Arduino development app, kit. Which sends the accelerometer data over USB to the ADK, which is then controlling the tilt of the labyrinth to match the tablet. I feel like I'm back at the computer fair in San Francisco in 82. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay? So the object of the game is to tilt the platform to make the ball follow the line so uh, go there, all the way to the end without falling into any of the On the audio holes. version, if you're listening to this, uh, there's one of those labyrinth games hooked count, up to the tablet, and it's actually it's tilting in real time based on how the tablet is tilted. So we thought Just to show that labyrinth game was cool, was, was capability. cute, like, like the legs. Um, but we wanted something a little, little bigger to match the success of Android. We Roger couldn't even fit it on the stage, but we oh, have the a, a is accessory development. Let's okay, roll the video. ADK. Android's been a huge success, and we think the ADK Same Android true. Open Accessories will be too. This labyrinth was inspired by that. It weighs about 5,000 pounds and is powered by a pair of 200-volt, 50-amp motors. It's all controlled by the Android tablet hooked up through an ADK, much like the one on stage. Gina Trapani is already salivating to get her paws on that Arduino-based ADK. And the ADK, and learn how to get started working on your own accessories, Please visit the session this afternoon at 1.15 or visit accessories.android.com. Ah, it's a good recruiting video, too. You want to work at a place where so, they can make a huge three-dimensional labyrinth like that. Now, now you know what that giant covered object uh, a stockholder in the glass fence area by the, <laughs> the escalator is. That's the super labyrinth. The demo will be available for you to play with. It's a ton of fun after the keynote and for the next two days. Definitely check it out. I predict there will be a big line. With the ADK, we're welcoming hardware developers into the Android community and giving them a path to building great Time Android, for the Android refrigerator quickly and easily. <laughs> One important note, From LG. this program is completely open. There are no NDAs, there are no fees, there's no approval process to build oh, a hardware big. accessory or to write oh, a software the Android vibrator. So get started. <laughs> Thank you. That's actually more open than Android itself. Step number one yes. is go to the interactive zone where you'll see a bunch of open accessory powered accessories from our partners. Um, and there's some great stuff there, so please check it out. Now, Joe Britt is here, I believe, to talk to you about an even larger type of accessory. <laughs> Joe. Thank you, Hugo. That's here comes right. your fridge. So we want to go one step further and really broaden the concept of, of what exactly is an Android accessory. We'd like to think of your entire home as an accessory. There we go. Or better yet, as a network of accessories. And think of Android as the operating system for your home. Android-powered hair. We call hair. this vision Android at Home. Be nice. At the center right. of the Android at Home architecture is your Android device. We're extending the Android OS to include new services that allow Android apps to discover, connect, 
and communicate with appliances and devices in the home. We call this the Android at Home framework. For appliances that cannot connect to Wi-Fi, we've designed an open wireless protocol that allows Android devices to talk to them. This new protocol enables very low-cost connectivity with anything that's electrical in your home, such as lights, alarm clocks, thermostats, dishwashers, etc. Now I feel like I'm at a 2000 CES Microsoft keynote. In your home as a potential I.O. device for Android apps. So let's take a look at a couple of demos of this stuff. So let's bring the stage lights down just a little. And now, Anand, would you like to show the audience the trick you just learned? Yes, I would. Vroom. Vroom. Uh, okay, okay. Anon is taking a little theatrical license. What we just demonstrated was a very simple Hello World type app on his tablet that displays a series of digital light switches. Using the Android at Home framework, this tablet can talk wirelessly to these two floor lamps so Anon can turn them on and off. The other two switches are linked to these two super bright audience lights on the left and right, and Anon can also control them wirelessly. Okay, now that you know how to control the lights, you can let your imagination as a developer completely take over. Imagine the new ways you'll be able to deliver notifications. You could build an alarm clock app that slowly ramps up the lights in the room and starts playing your favorite this music through cool. the stereo as the alarm time approaches. Or imagine how your applications could tie into calendar to automatically control home Bear devices. in the chat room points out, there goes developer? the whole custom high-end remote how this market. functionality could make gameplay more immersive. Yep. Imagine using the Android at Home framework to control an irrigation system and enable a real-world Farmville app. If, if, <laughs> if, 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 if you don't win the game, if you don't win the game, then your garden dies. This right? has so been done before. Your people are right, but uh, this, remember, this is open, idea, connected yeah. to the Android ecosystem, but in turn to the network of the world, so and free for people to develop on that open hardware uh, platform. So that while they just Apple. Now, these are actually only making specific a few devices. Now Android's on anything. Controlling these lights. Okay, okay, you, you, you get the idea with that. Um, so to bring this vision to reality, we're partnering with several industry players. One I'd really like to mention is Lighting Science, one of the world's leading LED lighting technology manufacturers. They'll start selling the first LED light bulbs and switches for the Android at home environment by the end of this year. So they have the uh, of their Android at home compatible connection built in, I'm guessing, used right? here in these on-stage lamps. We also have a number of Android at home enabled devices available for you to play with in the interactive zone. So please stop by and check them out. All right, I'm going to walk over to the other side of the stage. The next thing I'd like to show you is a totally new kind of Android device. It's an Android at home hub. It's both a standalone music beta endpoint and a bridge to the Android at home network. We call it Project Tungsten. Let's take a look at a couple of actual Is this devices. a Sonos competitor? reference designs. More than that. It will control so your lawnmower. What we have here are two Tungsten devices. A Tungsten device runs the Android OS and the Android at Home software framework. It's always powered on and always connected to the cloud. It has audio out, and these examples can connect to either speakers or my home stereo system. So let, let's bring the stage lights down again, just so I can show you something else cool. If you hadn't noticed, 
they have these crazy lights on them. And, and look at the shape of this thing. I know that Mike Claron earlier mentioned uh, our Roswell uh, extraction team. Well, I mean, how could this be anything but alien technology? All right. So we, oh, that we joke fell flat. I liked it. So, so what exactly did these do? Earlier today, Paul showed you our music beta service on a phone and on a tablet. Here, we have the same music service, but working with these new devices. So, Anon, let's turn up the volume on one of them. Doing a good job of tying in the different announcements with each other here. You can imagine that this device is playing music yeah. in, say, your living room. If we take a look at the tablet Anon is using, we can see that he's in the music app, but there's a new feature to select an output device. The tablet can direct music to one or more tungsten boxes like the ones we have here. So, Anon, why don't you start music on both of them? So you can enjoy your music synchronized throughout your house, all streaming through Music Beta. So when Anon tapped on those buttons, the music stream was sent transparently from one box to the other. Since the boxes are running Android, they just pull the music directly from the music library in the cloud. And they keep it in sync, which is pretty right. impressive. Of mm -hmm. all this functionality that you've seen here is part of the Android. Google TV might survive. There you and go. It'll be completely open for developers to explore and write their own applications. To give you an example of the kinds of applications we have in mind, we've put together a very simple demo. This is actually another tungsten. It looks very different from those, but it's, it's another example of the device. So when we show you this example, I want you to keep in mind that this is just a conceptual example. It's not an actual product. Anon has some CDs here. Imagine that these CDs shipped with an NFC, or near-field communication tag, inside the jewel case. CDs? Which activates when you take off the package. What's that? He's going to take one of the CDs, OK, run DMC, and he's going to touch it to this device. That chime means that it's been added to my library, the entire CD. How? He, Where did it get the files? It, if he touches it again, thank you, thank you. If oh, he touches it call again, the lawyers. starts playing. So it's pretty cool, right? Oh, this is, oh, the, the, oh, the music industry we is going to go. add another CD, Daddy. like Santana. This is not an actual product. He did point that out. I know, but they're going to go so crazy trying to prevent this. Okay, well, that's it for this Android at Home preview. We hope that you can see how this combination of new cloud services, software, and devices enables a whole new universe of applications. You'll hear a lot more about Android at Home over the next few months. Physical games, game devices. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a sort of unlimited number of there things really you is. can do with it. It's almost Thanks, Joe, too really complex fun. at this point. Now, I'll remind you It'll be interesting to see what people make of it. There's a lot of applications today control any doing car. crazy things, using location, gyroscope, insane GPU graphics that most of us wouldn't have thought possible even two years ago. So what we're doing here is creating new possibilities with open accessory and Android at home with the expectation that your imagination as a developer is really going to make it flourish. So there's going to be a lot more details coming on these shortly, but we wanted to show you a quick preview, just a little taste. for. You're watching uh, Twit's breaking life coverage of Google I.O., brought to you by Slingbox. With Slingbox, you can watch your home TV on your iPad anywhere you go. Works with iPad, smartphones, iPod Touch, laptop. Get started with Slingbox connected to the Internet, to your home TV. Anywhere you get an internet signal, you can watch your home TV. It's that easy. It's available at Best Buy and Amazon, or you can learn more at slingbox.com. Tom Merritt and Jeff Jarvis bringing you coverage right now of Google I.O.'s Android announcements.
Uh, we talked about media in the cloud with movie rentals and music, both launching today. We also talked about a new industry partnership to bring the latest Android innovation to users faster. And then we talked about more. We, we talked about Android Open Accessory, which you just saw, and our vision for Android at home devices and applications. Was that almost too much for 51 minutes? They actually packed it in pretty quick. Good job. They didn't string it out forever. Now, there are some unbelievably cool Android devices coming out now and over the next few weeks and months with really interesting new form factors and awesome new features. In fact, an example is this device right here. Um, this is the new Samsung 10.1 tab. Um, it's a great new device with a dual-core processor. It's got a super sharp screen that's 720p video capable. It's got dual-band Wi-Fi support. It's really slick. It's thinner and lighter than you'd ever imagine. Um, this device is uh, going to launch in about a month or so, so it's not available to anyone yet. With one exception. Uh -huh. Uh-oh. Gina, Eileen, and Leo, amongst everyone else in the crowd, are Thanks. going to get one. I hate them all. Thank you. Thanks to Samsung, all 5,000 of you are getting one today. Take that, Oprah. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. So. You'll be able to get your device over the next couple of days. There's no need to rush, including at the party tonight. This device comes with Honeycomb 3.0, and it'll get Honeycomb 3.1, which is rolling out today, over the next couple of weeks. We hope you enjoy this. Well, that's interesting. Now, that Samsung device is going to get Honeycomb 3.1. Verizon's Zoom 3G is the only one that they affirmed in the, in the rest of the talk would get it. So maybe other devices would quick announcements. We've designed... 22 sessions at Google I.O. this year specifically focused on Android development topics with in-depth content prepared and delivered by Android engineers. So check those out. And to, hear, to see what the latest schedule is, there have been a few minor changes. Download the Google I.O. app, if you haven't already, for your tablet or for your phone. And I should also tell you that tomorrow at 10.45, we're going to be making some Android market announcements of some user and developer features, which I think you'll enjoy. So check that out as well. It will also be on Livecast. And lastly, let me just once again thank you, Android developers, for your phenomenal support. I look forward to talking to you, most of you or many of you, uh, at the <coughs> conference today and, of course, at the party tonight. So thank you, and have a great Google I.O. So a very tight announcement, uh, Jeff Jarvis, uh, and a very packed hey. announcement. Yeah, it was. I think, I think it really took off at the end, uh, you know, and we didn't even see the beginnings of the creativity that can emerge. If you can have a connected networked device, it's the network of things comes. And what all could that be? You know, and, and I think that's really exciting to imagine. Uh, you know, the obvious things are the things we've always thought about before, the network-controlled stove, refrigerator, that kind of stuff. I joked about the network-controlled vibrator. Now, that's a game. Um, you know, what else could come from the open accessory? I think that the bringing in hardware people 
is really interesting here, that they haven't had those before. The only hardware you got was, of course, the phones or Google's own hardware. Now that you can put this open hardware accessory out there for the world, um, and you bring in a whole different population of developers. I think that's key. It takes not just the computer science students now, but it now takes the computer engineering students and other kinds of designers and to imagine what all could be controlled. And by the way, this maybe goes too far, but that's what I do. I think it ties in very neatly to the notion of the Google-controlled car. Now, it's absurd, of course, but you start to see where an OS-controlled world starts to take you. And what all could you control with it? What can't, you know, I mean, this, this really leaps Android in front of iOS in possibilities, at least, at least right yes. now. Well said, uh, well said. I, and, and what Google's going to be able to argue is the big advantage of iPhone and, and iPad has been the multimedia. I can get TV shows. Uh, it is the best music player uh, in, in the iPod app that exists. But Google can now say, look, uh, we have gone beyond that. Whatever, wherever you buy your music, you're going to store it with Google, and you can play it on your Android devices all over the place, as well as on your laptop. Uh, and and it's, it's a huge move to take Android and make it a cloud platform. Right, so and that's, that attacks uh, Amazon, where it's, where it's looking to live, too, right? It's not just an Apple attack. It's an Amazon attack where Amazon thinks that they're going to be the repository for our stuff. Cue George Carlin, a place for your stuff. Now... Google saying no, 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 no. We're your cloud. Now, I thought it was interesting that the uh, the, the the storage limit was listed in songs, not not in amount of files. So, are they only allowing certain types of files? You're not going to be able to game this system and, and put your docs and your your M M four A's well, or but, you know. But you could do it now with Google Docs. You can now. I think. I think now. You know, it's it's nice to actually see some threads of consistency come out of Google now. Because Google announced two weeks ago that you can put any file up onto Google Docs and store it there. Right. So you don't need to store it in the Google Music. That that really is exactly. just for music. Uh, so well, what? Where? So so again, you know, where does this go? I, I think the, they might as well have announced the Chrome OS is dead. Uh, well, and, and, and that's going to be interesting because tomorrow's going to be the Chrome announcement, is it not? Yeah, I don't. I just I don't get it how they're different. But we'll see. But but. You know, if Android is your tie to the cloud, I mean, so is a browser, of course, your tie to a cloud. But at some point soon, what's a browser? You know, and that's and that's the danger we have here. But well, but I, gets, I think what I think what Google may be saying is the browser is your operating system for your for your laptop yes. Uh, yes. with Chrome OS. Chrome OS is is obviously going to tie into all of these things that are web based. Uh, but interestingly, Google Music needs you to download a program. I it, it didn't, yeah, I they didn't some... make it clear whether you can access the Google Music upload system from your browser, which would browser, lock no, out Chrome OS. Clear. Well, I wonder if that's part of the... I mean, the legal stuff that's going to go on here is going to be amazing because you take any file and Google's going to say, we're just managing it, man. We're just storing it. You know, yeah. It's their file, not our fault, not my job. But the music industry is going to go absolutely... How should I say this for twit? Bat turds over this. <laughs> Um, because you, we, you, know, you look at, at, at what happened with cable companies and shows is that only recently did Cablevision get the first pilot, finally, of cloud-stored entertainment where you could sync across devices because it was a copyright issue, literally, that you had the right to you know, have one copy of this, and if it was stored at Cablevision, that was another copy. Right? Absolutely absurd old view. Well, I, I, that notion... 
Yeah, I think the recording industry has shot themselves in the foot by making negotiations so hard with Amazon and Google and, and Apple, uh, by all accounts, that Amazon first and now Google have said, fine, you know what? We're just going to go ahead. And, you know, we're not Michael Robertson where you're going to figure out a way to crush us uh, right. uh, by suing us. You, 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 can't, you can't stop us from doing this. We have the legal firepower to fight back. Uh, and Amazon has has the leverage to fight back as being the alternative music system. Uh, recording industry really just just lost a huge battle here. Yeah, not not only that, I think that the, the Google may well say that they don't want a store. Yeah, and right. I think that would be smart for Google to say, you know, what, we're not in the business of making money off music. And maybe they've learned a little bit about about this by trying to do a bookstore and say, you know what, we we want to be the place where you store your stuff. We don't care where you get it. Right, and the value they get out of that, you know, I, one of, I, I teach entrepreneurial journalism here at CUNY, and, and one of my students, uh, his business is, is a very good one um, that's going to deal with music content for you. He's still in stealth. But what becomes apparent at some point is the value to Google. There, there are correlations between the kind of music you like and the kind of other things you like, and the movies you like, and the books you like. Oh, yeah, and it's all my about information, yeah. has been that the, the big fight between at least... Um, Google and Apple, uh, and also Amazon, and also others is and Facebook certainly. Sorry, Facebook uh, is over being the best signal generator. The more ways that these companies get us to generate signals, where we are, who we are, what we do, what we like, uh, you know, who our friends are, what they like, uh, where we've been, where we're going, all that stuff enables them to target very efficiently and and with great value content services and advertising to us. So at some point, the value of knowing what you play in terms of music may be greater than any amount you could get by selling the song. I, I think uh, they also beat Amazon today by saying 20,000 songs in your library. Uh, I just looked. I've got 5,000 songs in my library. That's 25 gigabytes. So Amazon gives me 5 gigabytes or 20 gigabytes if I buy an album temporarily for a year before they start charging me uh 20,000 songs much much bigger than than what Amazon is offering uh if I choose right now even though it's nice to be able to buy something from Amazon and have it stored automatically I, I know that I'm not going to have I'm not going to exceed my storage amount with Google anytime soon even if they start charging it me for it after the beta Fine. is out I, I'm but comfortable again, it's, there. It, it's in their interests. Uh, you know what? I, I guess it's expensive if you leave stuff up that you never play. But but you're you're not really. They're not copy. Here's the other thing, Tom. You're not. <laughs> all you need is one copy of any song. Right. So the storage cost of this is nil. Well, I wonder if they're doing that. Now that that was a speculation with Amazon too, is whether they're deduping. Uh, they have to. based I on mean, on on files uh, because that becomes a legal issue as well. Michael Robertson exactly plays that trail as well. Right, and that's and that's where that's reason that um, you can't do this with movies and shows because the DRM is heavier. But but so fine, you're in a DRM-free world. At some point, how do you audit that? How do you say, do you really have yeah two million copies of ABBA? <laughs> you must have, and and that that has been where Cablevision and and uh, and and these kind of decisions have have lied is that there is a physical separation between these systems uh, and they aren't just caching a, a show for everybody. Uh, so there, there could be some trouble there, but I don't think it's in the music industry's best interest at this point to push that 
any farther. I think they realize they're in a losing battle, and they, at least I hope they yeah, do. Yeah, well, whenever you see the music industry operate in its best strategic interests. Actually, you know what, I point, made that point on Tech News Today yesterday. It's if, if there is a logically inconsistent point of view, the music industry will generally take it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, well, and it's not the only one. It's Every single disrupted industry is like this. I, mean, I yeah. work in the newspaper industry. It's actually difficult not to be like that. Yeah, well, it is, and that's why the disruptors are going to make it. The problem is that they control. But if you look at the number, well, my student with the music project, the number of bands there are out there that are not with music labels. Um, and, and if you look at in the video world, what Amazon, is, well, I'm sorry, what YouTube is doing in now investing in new entertainment not because they want to own it, because they want there to be independent entertainment. It's valuable for them. And that's what that exists. One thing we're not talking about much here is the movie rentals section of this. Right. I don't think that is as compelling as the music offering. No, it's absolutely not. It's part of the whole thing. I mean, the fact that you can watch the same movie anywhere, fine. You know, that's logical necessity. Uh, but they just simply don't have the same freedom to do what they did with the music. The music, we actually have the copies. Yeah, and I, I can't take movies or television shows that I've stored. Like, I like to have copies of Firefly on every device I own uh, so that I can, you know, if I'm on a plane and I'm bored, I can always, I always have something that entertains me. And maybe that's an unusual use case, but that's not something I can do with this. That's right, something but, I can but, do elsewhere, maybe, but not with this. But imagine this. Uh, I, I, when I was at the DLD conference run by Borda in Munich in January, we held a session with Lufthansa on the social airline. And Scoble was there, and other people were there, and we brainstormed about it. And the group said, you know, when I sit down in my airline seat, why don't you sync all my music and movies up from what I already have? And let me watch my stuff on, the, on your screen. Well, now you go, you, you tie all this together, the cloud with the Android app with connectivity, and why do I have to own a screen necessarily all the time? At well, some point, American Airlines is, is toying around with some limited version of exactly that. Yeah. So now you start to tie these pieces together and I can get my docs, my photos, my um, movies, TV shows, music, uh, whatever, wherever I go. Also, I sit down in a rental car. Why do I have to own a car? Right. I, I sit down in the zip car and I put my phone down and it says, oh, hi, Jeff. Here's your music. Also, I think we're we're overlooking uh, the uh, the open hardware access of this. I mean, they that's they, exactly my point. Yes, yeah, yes. They, they 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 have done a huge thing here in Android Open Accessory as well as the Android at Home framework. So, Android Open Accessory, based on Arduino and the Open Accessory reference design, uh, means that people can make any accessory they want for Android without approval necessary, without a fee. Uh, and and no NDA. I mean, this this well, this this explodes Android. This is their yeah. dream, and uh, this is the opposite of what Apple does, which says you can't make an accessory for Apple unless you get approval and pay a fee. Here is the strategic fork in the road. This this is dramatic, I think, and in, 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 in where that goes. And so, if I were a car manufacturer today, if of course they have no brains there, but I'd be calling everybody in, saying, you know, you start building this. Why wouldn't any you know? home entertainment device be built around this. Games, new physical games be built around But it's not just at home. I think they're limiting to calling it at home. If I were an airline, I'd say if I have, you know, 60% of my passengers have Android devices, what's the value to the airline? The airline gets to know now, too, more about you. Signal generation. That's valuable. 
Now, there's going to be, you know, privacy stuff, obviously, here. You're going to have to agree to what you're doing. They're going to be stupid if they don't make it absolutely apparent at every move when you're sharing something with someone. If you ever get freaked out or surprised, that's going to be deadly. But if you have benefit, if I say, if I'm Scoble sitting on the airline seat saying, yeah, I want to listen to my music. Here, here's who I am. Um, that's kind of a beautiful thing for everybody. Now, the other side of this, though, is the fragmentation of Android means one accessory may not work for your device, even though you have Android. They, they took a few steps to address uh, fragmentation. Uh, they're creating a, new guidelines for Android updates, working with the Open Handset Alliance. We'll see how well those work. Uh, they want to promise that new devices will get updates for 18 months after launch, if the hardware allows. But that's a big, wide loophole. You can drive a truck through that if the hardware allows. Uh, and and then at the same time that they're trying to make these kind of efforts, they say Android 3.1 is coming, but only to Verizon Zoom 3G customers today. And then they mentioned that the Samsung 10.1 tablet that's not out, but everybody at Google I/O is getting for free, will get it in the next couple of weeks. So we have more examples of that fragmentation right out of the gate. Yeah. So thank you, Tom, for pulling me back from the from the uh, taking the helium out of me. Um, <laughs> Exactly. I mean, this, you know, here I am, a guy who said uh, Buzz is a big deal. Well, actually, I didn't say that. I said Wave is a big deal. Sorry, Gina. Um, and and uh, you know, Google TV last year, and so on. So the big question now comes: What does it need for Google to execute on this promise? And just throwing something out there in the world isn't going to be enough. Right? Same with YouTube and making more shows. They've got to invest in things, not own them, not control them. They can't get into channel conflict. But I think that, you know, if, if, here's the question. When the iPhone came out, uh, Kleiner Perkins, as I remember, started a huge investment fund for development, right? I wonder whether VCs would see an advantage in starting open Android hardware and accessory development. Hardware is not a great business, but it's a gateway to so much power and so much knowledge. And so I think that the, the, the big question is that Google doesn't execute in and of itself by making the devices, but Google better find the ways to um, incubate this world, invest in it, support it, listen to it, or else it's going to flop like Google TV and Wave. Yeah, we'll see how successful uh, they are at fighting that fragmentation because that is key to making all of that open hardware dream that we're talking about uh, come true. Uh, still, Android 3.1 looks looks cool. They've got some head tracking software that was that was nifty uh, that could do facial recognition and tell who's talking. Uh, and uh, they're talking right, so about put that on your TV. Tom, hold on a second, right? So help yeah, me on yeah, yeah. Be crazy. If is that become connect on every TV? Well, and, and if you put a camera on it, if we if we tie this all all back together, Android 3.1 now one OS for everything: tablet, Google TV, phone, whatever. Uh, Android 3.1 coming to Google TV this summer, including the Android Marketplace. Now you have a virtual camera operator, head tracking software available for a Google TV device uh, that can bring you all of the Android Marketplace uh, apps that'll run on that device. Uh, I think you're right. I think you I think you've got possibilities there for sure. Yeah, for both games like Connect, but also for new UIs. Right now, we get the problem: is how do you browse? Right, if you want to, you want to sit in, on your couch and start going like that, as if you're moving pages. And you point at this and move it there. 
Okay. Right? Those kinds of things. If you get that kind of recognition, you say, no, no, I want that there. It was a great old MIT Media Lab thing I saw years ago where it was a big deal to get the computer to understand what it meant to say, I want that there. Android 3.1 can act as a USB host. Right, connect, so, so connects, out there. connect is a oh. USB device. Oh, oh. Android 3.1 with, with a connect hack, all of a sudden you're there. You just plug it in and start doing stuff with okay, it. Okay, so, so I, I'm, I'm, this is where I, I get out of my depth. How does the Android uh, uh, USB connection tie into open accessory? Um, is it the same thing as a necessity, one or the other? Uh, how does that work? Well, yeah, you can make your open accessories USB and then turn them into game controllers or whatever you want. But I, I'm thinking you don't even have to build a replacement for Connect. There's, there's so many hacks uh, that can interpret the signals in USB coming out of, of the Connect that, uh, for a PC. Why wouldn't it work for Android? Oh, a little trouble up north today. <laughs> well, actually, trouble down the street. As yeah, Steve Ballmer was, was right there making the announcement that they're purchasing Skype for $8.5 billion. Oof. I, I wanted to get your opinion on that, actually. Uh, what, I, I said this morning that Skype is the uh, Christmas fruitcake. <laughs> I mentioned that earlier, actually. I thought that was perfectly apt. Uh, who's the idiot at eBay... What was it sold for? I've got that number here. Hold on, give me a second. Like uh, Skype bought by 12? eBay for two point five billion, and Silver Lake bought sixty five percent of Skype in two thousand nine for two billion. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Well, I, I, you know, at the same time, it's it, it, part of this all. Part of what we looked at is I think we can we have to include Cisco in this discussion now. And Cisco is flailing. Cisco was the place to be conferences. The flip camera was, the next product was going to be one that would go live. Um, and, of course, now flip is dead. And Cisco Rumors is saying, said, we're going to focus on enterprise. We're going to focus on serious business stuff. But, but you see, yeah, what, what be, what's an enterprise, right? That's, that's, that's it becomes absurd now to separate those two at some extent, except for old computer departments who say, I want to control this. I won't support that. Right. At some point, you know, uh, so, so that's the maybe dream, I guess, of, of the, of the, uh, of the Blackberry tablet. But at some point it's ludicrous. We'll all have our own devices. They'll all interoperate. We've got three um, takes on video conferencing here. Uh, you've got Cisco retrenching and saying, we're going to be the big enterprise that comes right. in and sets up the entire system. You've got Microsoft betting on Skype saying, we're going to be, try to be more agile. We're going to take Skype and put it in the enterprise. And then you've got Google saying, we got head tracking software built into Android 3.1. Build it yourself. Do whatever you exactly. want with it. Exactly. That's really well said. Really well said. Now, what's left out of this? Uh, you know, Facebook, that's where people actually talk. And, you know, a video talking version of Facebook, it's out of the mode of what they do. Although Facebook and Skype have allegedly been having lots of conversations behind the scenes. Right. So you get to the penisless chat roulette. Um, it starts to happen there because it's people you actually know. So if you take that idea of who's here now for me to chat with among my friends, which Google has been trying to do, uh, and hasn't really gotten anywhere. Skype doesn't think of that. Facebook's going to look at this in a different way. And Microsoft and, and Facebook are chummy? Very much so. So, I, I, so I, think you see a, I think you see an immediate partnership between Microsoft and Facebook over Skype. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, 
Right. But, but once again, poke the pin in my helium. Um, you're quite right to, right to do that, Tom. Uh, these are all possibilities. These are all opportunities. Yeah. But whether they happen, who knows? But that's what's, that's what's so damn fun about this is you can yeah. imagine new uh, opportunities and, 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 and new horizons for what can happen. And, yeah. and you break out, finally, of the idea of a computer. You break out finally of the tyranny of location. Yeah, you know that's that's why that's but that's why by the way, the devil's deal that Google did with Verizon is is ten times more upsetting today, because you go to what I call the internet or the schminternet, right? The internet is the wired internet that'll have net neutrality. The schminternet, which is not a joke on Eric Schmidt, it's the Yiddish thing, folks. Um, uh, you take you take your exact same tablet, right? And I and I watch that movie inside my house connected to my wired network, and then I walk out on my deck and I switch to the cable, I mean, to the, to the cell connection, the same device, the same movie, the same user will operate under entirely different rules. And so the idea of mobile versus fixed is absurd. It's, uh, mobile means nothing. Fixed means nothing. Wired means nothing. You connect through the wire to the wireless, you know, and, and so it's all the friggin' internet, folks. It's device. And- it's device based. It's what what actually uh, what device suits the use I want to make of it right then. Yes, it's partly that you're right there, but it's also potentially user based, right? Because I can walk out and go to a to a connected device where I can carry my phone, and it's gonna it's gonna start operating lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Right, it's gonna operate something else. I can walk. I can go into different cars, and I don't need to have something installed in that car because I have my phone with me. Um, or so at some point, I just have a, you know, a, a sim with me. Do you think? Do you think that this is a, a an example of Larry Page's influence already? Because this Google I/O was jam packed. It was tight. It was full of major announcements. Uh, I remember the Google I/O announcements from last year were not n- nearly as overwhelming, not nearly as forward-thinking. Or is this just the natural outgrowth of Android, which had to start small and, and now is finally building its big right. momentum? Well, of course, the, the true answer is we have no idea yeah. and no way to know. But 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 so why won't stop me from speculating? Never stops me. Um, I I I'm tempted to see that because I, because as I said earlier, the fact that you could put documents up on on docs, I mean I mean files up on docs two weeks ago, and is, is a continuum from that to this. I see a strategic thread, which I haven't seen from Google in a while. What you see was a whole bunch of uh, separate parties going on. And I think that's good. I think that's great. Um, you know, but again, it will come down to execution. It'll come down with, to whether they'll recognize where the support's needed and be able to do that. It'll come down to the quality. You know, I finally, I, I, I ate my crow on Twig. I finally got an iPad because um, I have to. It's wrong that I didn't have one. And I compare it to my Android, and I, and I carry them both right now, which is really absurd. Uh-huh. I, have this, I, have this, I have this ridiculous Big Mac, technology Big Mac, with my laptop, my Mac laptop, my iPad, my uh, Galaxy Tab, and my iPhone, and I'm carrying all four, which is beyond absurd. But anyway, um, Android is a lot clunkier. Right? It is not as smooth. It is less controlled, but it is also clunkier. And is Android ready for prime time when it comes to handling really simple devices? Is it ready to be as simple as turning on a light switch? We'll see. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, you know, it's 
I, I just installed the Sonos system uh, demo unit that was sent to Eileen uh, to evaluate the Android app. I was going to control say, Sonos. Give you a big bonus. No, no, no. We didn't buy it. Uh, we're just using it temporarily. It's a, a demo, you know, review unit. Uh, but really impressive how easy it works, and you can control it from an Android device, control it from an iOS device. But Android just, you know, said, well, you don't have to use Sonos, you know, and, and that price can now come down because people can start creating these open hardware devices that control any speaker. Uh, right. And you just buy a little maybe $20 device, hook it up to whatever speaker you want, boom, you've got your own Sonos system. Question is, will it work as seamlessly? What was impressive about Sonos is I pressed the button, it recognized it over the network. You know how often that doesn't happen over networks because something yes. doesn't, you know, you talk about network printing earlier, uh, something doesn't usually recognize something else. So it, it will have to work as good as that it will have to be easy and that's the advantage apple has apple says we've yes. got buy our stuff 95 percent of the time it's going to work you know there's the, the it's not perfect but you you know it's going to play well with each other as long as you stay within our universe what, what android's advantage is is you don't have to stay in any universe and eh, it may not work as as often but it's going to work often enough well, it's the classic microsoft I, uh, apple battle now with google playing the part of microsoft so tom let me ask you is that why Google then felt the need to have a formal open accessory, blessed accessory program? So that they could they could bust. Yeah, I think I think it's the exact right thing to do, which is we're not going to compete with Apple in closed. We're going to compete with Apple in open. Uh, we're, we're going to compete with exactly. Apple by by saying we're going to throw as many things against the wall as possible and see what sticks. And those things that stick will be things that could never have been thought of in a closed environment. I just realized I have to hand in the final copy edited version of my book, Public Parts, coming out in September. And I realize I've got to update the section on this now because you're right. It is about openness as a strategy. Yeah. As the, as the, as the underpinning, the, 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 the foundation, pick your metaphor, of a business strategy. Um, and it becomes interesting if you, if, you, if you did a big chart about the world of the Apple way versus the Google way now. Are the advantages and disadvantages of both? It becomes very distinctly different. Yeah, uh, the, the, the Google has a very coherent strategy in my mind after today, uh, other than Chrome OS. I think that's the big question mark. But but I know exactly where Android is going after this. Uh, right. Well, the other thing we didn't get today at all. Not that you'd get it at I/O, but but the the constant guessing about what the hell will come in under the social banner. You know, is there such a thing as social? And I keep thinking there's not going to be. I keep thinking that that social isn't really social. It signals it's knowing more about you and serving you better. And But they, they're not tying people together. They're now tying us to yeah. more devices and more information, but individually. Nothing out of Google ties people together. Google knows that it shouldn't try to do everything, or at least it used to. Uh, and it, it makes the mistake every once in a while of, of trying to do something that it shouldn't. And I think maybe with this music store is evidence, whether it's conscious or not, that they shouldn't be the one selling the music. They should be the one organizing it because organizing the world's information is their main mission. And, and they, they make their money off of having that data. And maybe that's a better way to go. I don't know if that's intentional or not or just because they yeah, couldn't strike I, the I deals. Just, I just think they don't kind of get that part of life. Um, you know, it's somebody, the irony is that Zuckerberg does because as somebody who knows him said to me once, you know, he's, he's antisocial. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, 
try to think of a way that Google connects us to people, right? The, the phone will know where I am. It'll know where I, what I've checked into. It'll know soon what I've purchased because I can wave it and purchase something or bump it rather. Um, it, it'll know where I'm going, where my direction is. It'll know all kinds of things about me, but it knows very little about me as a person. It, it, or, or put it another way, that, that's the wrong way to put it. It knows nothing about my human ecosystem. Mm -hmm. It knows nothing about my relationships. Now, the question then becomes, how valuable is that really? Is it more valuable to know what music I play or who my friends are? Well, I think what Google would be wise to do is make up with Facebook and say, look, we, we can't compete with you. What we want is to integrate you the way we're integrating other services like Twitter uh, and, and now, like every music service in the world, if people store their music with Google Music and say, look, you know what? We just, we just want to feed off your data and send more users to you. And that's how Google can know your social graph by using Facebook, by using other social networks rather than trying to invent it themselves. Tom wants a group hug. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't disagree strategically, but I think the odds of that happening. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen either. Nature competitive. And so what it means is that Google is always missing that relationship piece. Now, look at Facebook. Facebook is losing on life utility pieces. The most it knows about me is who I am and a lot about that, what my relationships are, and that's very valuable. And now where I'm going if I check in with places. It knows what I say through comments, right? It's, I mean, it's like Google and Facebook are kind of left brain, right brain, or there's, there's some metaphor dying to come out of me that I can't figure out here. Um, but, but what is Google, is Facebook missing versus what is Google missing? What is the asset of data that's in the long run more valuable? I don't well, know. I'll tell you what Facebook is. It's, it's not open. Yeah. And if, and if Google just learned to fight the accessory battle by being open, maybe that should be Google's social strategy is to get behind an open social network that, that people have been crying for, saying, I love what Facebook does, but it's all tied up in one company. I want it to be an open platform well, that anybody was, can use. Tom, I've, I've long said, and, and been proven wrong a hundred times, but I've long said that the, we don't need a social network because the Internet is the social network. And Google's ethos would have it organize us based on how we're already operating the Internet. Now, they haven't done that. And maybe that's because I'm just plain wrong. It's happened. But, uh, yeah, I don't know that Google needs to start a social network so much as it needs to figure out how to connect us. And until it does that, at, uh, Facebook wins that territory. Maybe, maybe Google just needs to make an open framework. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what they need yeah, to, yeah. to do. I'm with is, you there. Is how do we do that? Now, so, so you look down the list here. We're talking about Facebook. Go to Apple. They potentially blow open the connected devices world in a way that Apple can never do it because they, you know, what are we going to do? Going to go buy the refrigerator from Apple? You know, Apple Home Appliances? Is that going to happen? Yeah. Apple's not going to do interfaces to devices it doesn't like and control. So that's that's a huge thing. Amazon to me is a really interesting one today because Amazon has has not been smart. I don't think about one thing, which is that they haven't realized they've been a content company. Uh, but they've been brilliant about recognizing the value of the cloud. And now Google attacks them front on in clouded media. 
Ooh, I like that. Clouded me. Cloudy or clouded? Um, clouded sounds a little more geeky. Yeah, I think you're right. Right? Um, The glaucoma of media. So who else is affected by these announcements today? Uh, Twitter, not at all. Foursquare. Not so much, no. Your social networking companies didn't didn't really feel anything out of this. They didn't feel anything today. No. Uh, Microsoft. Microsoft and Cisco. uh, Big time. Um, chat room. Anybody else? I think I think that's kind of, oh well. Um, uh, well, a couple, a couple of parts of Microsoft, also the Connect, yeah, and the Game World, was potentially affected today. Again, if anybody does anything. So what I'm going to answer too is I think it gets to a point where we'll try this out, Tom. Do I have to be an Android phone or tablet owner to be an Android user with open accessories, open devices, and all that? Right. Yeah. How, you, you said before it was device dependent. Right. So I think you're right, but that's a weakness in the long run. Yeah. I can't, uh, I can't make a, uh, a MIMO Android accessory. Uh, you know, I, I've got to be in the Android ecosystem at some point. Although a lot of this stuff is web-based. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, you're right there. So, there, right you know, there. There, there is an opening. To, I was looking at this and, and noticing how many of these things I can use without an Android device by going and using the web version of it. I can use the Google Music. Even though this was Android Day, I can go okay, use right. music.google.com right now. Uh, right. And, I, and I can, you know, I can conceivably manage things from my iPad, although I don't know if I can play them. It would be, it would be crazy if Google came out with a Google Music iOS app, uh, but I think it would be smart. Because it would st- it would pull people into that ecosystem, and eventually their next phone they might get Android because they're like, oh, well, all my music's there anyway. Yeah, I almost thought they should have shown today uh, taking all of your Apple Music and having it managed by Google. Yeah, you could, right? I, I, you, there's no reason you couldn't. The DRM's off, right? So you could do that. Doesn't it doesn't matter? And I think that's the the brilliance of that. Jeff, it has been great. It's huge news day. Microsoft acquiring Skype, uh, all of the Google Music and Android announcements. Uh, also, the Senate hearing on mobile privacy uh, has been going on this morning as well. So uh, I can't wait to, to digest this all later on Tech News Today. And, of course, tomorrow you and Gina and Leo will be digesting not only this, but tomorrow's Google I.O. keynote on This Week in Google. And there, uh, is Leo still going to be up there, down there? Uh, I think Leo will be back in the studio tomorrow. I, 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 he'll so he'll be hosting Twig, uh, and we'll be we'll be digesting everything uh, from there. Uh, great talking to you as always. Great, it was great fun, Tom, and and, and uh, thanks for the uh, the pinholes. I needed that. Oh no, no problem. That's that's thanks what I'm good that. at. You, you anyone put up an argument, and I'll I'll try and knock it down. That's good. That's that's what we're here for. Uh, that's why the discussion's fun. Of course, buzzmachine.com, where you can find Jeff Jarvis. Anything else you're uh, you're working on right now? No, I'm still furiously copy editing the book, so it's not out till September. All right. Thanks to Slingbox for helping to bring us uh, breaking news. You can watch your TV anywhere you go. you got an internet connection. You can watch your home television. No subscription model. You just buy a Slingbox, plug it into your television at home, plug it into your internet, uh, and then you can watch it on your iPad or, or your iPod Touch or your laptop. Uh, talk about being able to take your television with you anywhere. Slingbox is available at Best Buy and Amazon. You can learn more at slingbox.com. Thanks to everybody for watching. That's it for our special coverage of the Google I.O. Android announcement on Twit. We'll see you next time.